Hello, my name is Anton and in this podcast I'll be exploring the world of people and their paths to finding themselves. This is the first episode and the guest is Nastya Sartania, Georgian musician, founder of Creative Education Studio in Belisi, founder of different music labels and just a local music scene enthusiast. Nastya was one of the first people I've met when I arrived to Georgia and is one of the kindest people I know. I was studying in CS and I've spent countless hours in the studio, so we would see each other all the time, but never had a chance to have a long conversation where I could ask all the questions I had. We've talked about Nastya's path to building CS, local music scene, protesting in Georgia, and much more. The conversation was recorded in summer, but I'm just finding courage to start releasing the episodes I've recorded. I hope you enjoy listening to it. And if you want to support the podcast, just like and share it. Peace. So to warm up, I'll ask an easy one. What is uh, music for you? Oh, this I've heard so many times this question and I've heard so many answers. And, uh, the most con- controversial, it's always like it's everything. And why some people say it's everything. Uh And then you feel, oh my God, she said it. First of all, music is like me. Like I am to myself, music is a little bit the same because um, ever since I remember myself, I'm surrounded with music. I'm in music uh, entire my life. So I don't remember a moment from my life without music. So uh, one thing how it makes me feel... Uh, And another one is what it is or what is it. So, yeah, it's just part of me or I'm part of music. I don't know. It's like where music starts and I end right the way around. I tried to Google you. Right? Yeah. And, uh, you wouldn't find much, no? <laughs> I didn't find much, but I was surprised that it says like you have a very classical background. Yeah, yeah, it's you, true. You played the uh, piano mm-hmm. and you played it like first in Georgia and then in UK, I think. Uh-huh. Do you remember, how did you feel music back then? No, you know what? It's like we both come from like Soviet backgrounds. We know <laughs> we know it and how it used to be, basically. Uh, my grandma was a pianist and uh, she was teaching at conservatoire uh, here in Tbilisi. And I've been brought up by my grandmother. You know, she was like mother to me. And entire my life, um, since I'm born, first of all, she would have like maybe 10 students coming like twice a week or like four times a week. And you know how it used to be? They used to teach at home also, like not because of the times, no electricity, this and that. Uh, rather than going to like a conservatoire, quite often they would have our the students coming home. So all my life I was in music. I was... My grandma said I was only two years old and she had this like huge um, uh, a vinyl co- collection of like classical music. And uh, when uh, her students left, she would listen to music and she would listen to the pieces uh, that her students were playing so that she could judge, you know. And uh, she told me that I was only two and I said Richter was playing something. I, I don't know, obviously I don't remember. And I said, oh, this is Nino playing Nino. And she didn't realize at first. And so, like, uh, then she realized, okay, I was only two and I could recognize even each piece, you know, of music or something. And then she was really obsessed for me. She really wanted me to be a pianist. So it was not my choice to become one or to get into music or something. It's just natural um, background that I came with. I 
definitely had no choice to do something else. So ever since I'm five years old, I, I, I've been spending like uh, first three, four hours and then like, you know, most of my days at the piano while my friends been playing in the yard kind of thing. How, how did you end up in UK? Ah, yeah, then the Civil War started. My mom got married to a British guy. I was, it was 93, horrible times. Um, and uh, yeah, me and my brother, we left for uh, UK. I lived there for 16 years. So I, I carry, uh, yeah, I went to conservatoire. I ended up going to conservatoire in London, actually, yeah. I was a very good pianist back then, actually. And, uh, you know, it's like... On my first year at Trinity College of Music, where I uh, where I did my degree, uh, I was very, you know, she's so good and she's an amazing pianist. Everyone wanted to be my friend. And I had some Georgian friends also. And uh, it was very easy, actually. Uh, I didn't have any, maybe I was too young. And, and uh, plus, uh, despite the fact that I was uh, playing piano and I was classically trained, I adored all kinds of music. I was all, I, I had already started uh, working here uh, at Radio One. Uh, that was the very, very first radio station we had, FM radio station, as a DJ, radio DJ. So I was in all kinds of genres. It was not only classical music for me. And plus, when I was in London, uh, those times uh, is when uh, drum and bass culture took start. So I was raving on drum and bass like uh, like crazy. And uh, yes, so yes, it was fantastic, really. I didn't have any hard times, especially with that much music and freedom and, you know, options. The same year Goldie released Inner City Life. So that was like a <laughs> phenomenal year for drum and bass. That's so that's I was like, I was going to ask you why, uh, why are you so into drum and bass here mm. in, in Georgia? So that's because no, of you, you came back. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously you came back at some point. 2008, I think. Why have you decided to come back? Well, my husband is Georgian. Uh, I met him here at the radio station, actually. Uh, and then he moved to uh, London with me. Um, we had already our first son, George. By then, I had already stopped playing piano because, no, A, I wasn't already that much interested in playing piano. B, I had a kid and to look after it was impossible, like eight hours, like all day to play piano. It was just completely unreal. Um, so my husband always knew that at some point we would come back to Georgia. And also it was a very, very hopeful times for Georgia also. That was the times when uh, for the very first time we actually really... Uh, felt that we all had to get into it and build this uh, country with like European ori orientations because um, I, I think probably that was like golden 10 years when Russia had uh, didn't have as much influences uh, as it's having now, for example, and before those years. I, I actually wanted to ask you about this. I thought it would be like something by the end, but we're on this topic. I, I was here and even like, uh, I wouldn't say taking part, but I was on the protests against uh, the law. 
And I, I haven't seen anything like this in my life before. Like I've seen big protests in Russia, but it's not like they feel different. I think what was important that there were a lot of people from every generation, not just young people, but all people. And you were there, obviously, uh, and, and many other people of CS. We even actually closed the CS that day, which we, we hardly do. Even on national holidays, we still have lectures. <laughs> what do you think was your role, the role of your generation, and maybe what's the role of, of the younger generation? You know what, what my role was, well, CS is my role, let's put it that way. You know, like, uh, uh, I'm all in, like, for European future, obviously, yeah? So everything I do and my role, actually, I've been protesting, even, not even protesting, since I'm maybe, because I went to this specialized music school since six years I was, basically, and my school was on top of, uh, nearby parliament, basically. So all my life, you know, there were protests, all kinds of protests, always to do with Russia, but in, you know, different kind of Uh, and so this is for me, it's like uh, so normal, you know, and then we had civil war and then everything was happening uh, in front of parliament all of entire my life, you know, so for me, it's like, yeah, I don't want my children, obviously, to have the same, you know, like, uh, I'm like 45 and Since I like you asked me about music, protests are the same, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, it's, for me now it's so hard actually to go to protest because I'm so tired. Sometimes I feel like, I mean, come on, always protesting the same thing in like 45, my life or 45 years kind of thing. Yeah, so my role was exactly, I think, what I did in a way, you know, because I came, like I was living, I had a beautiful life in London. I came back because uh, uh, to build CS, for example, which is uh, like an island, yeah, here of independent. We don't depend on anything. We survive as we survive and we have the European values, obviously, yeah. And then the children who protest now, today, they are actually a bit like product of CS. No, I don't want to grow a huge deal. It's not about CS, obviously. There are so many people like me here who are doing what they believe in and who are like, you know, all in for Europe again, yeah? And Georgia. It's not like Europe. European future for Georgia. First of all, it's all to do with Georgia, obviously. And we love our traditions. I love Georgian traditions and I use them every chance I have. So, yeah, that's... So, because, every, and before us, <laughs> let's not forget our, like, parents who've done the same and who've been even less fortunate than us because they didn't even have feel of, because they grew up in Soviet U Union, they could not even listen to music from us, <laughs> you know. Did you come back to build CS? No, 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 not at all. I mean, come on. I was like, uh, at that time, I was making music. What education? What? Oh my God! If you told me that uh, I'd have anything to do with education, I'd laugh. You know, I, absolutely not. Uh, there was no plan whatsoever. Now I'll tell you. When I got back to Georgia, I was co I've been, uh, I was commissioned to do a live. It was um, I still I had live uh, instruments like quartets and string instruments and piano and stuff um, with electronic sounds. Yeah. 
Uh, so when I came back here, um, there was this nightclub called Night Office, um, one of the old ones. Now I, I don't think it, it exists. Back in London, basically we always had uh, requests like we need a pianist for this, we need a cello for verve we need you know and I was we need scoring for this band for that band and community was like one community you know they could communicate and do things together and when I came uh, when I've been commissioned to do this live obviously I needed lots of help because I needed scores for quartet, yeah. I needed uh, many things. I needed sound engineer. I needed the people who would play, yeah. Uh, I needed some arrangements. Basically, it was lots to do, yeah. And I wasn't prepared. I didn't even know how to make scores, right, uh, in Tbilisi. Uh, and I was like, okay, I'm looking for people. It's a quartet who will play. I'm looking for someone who will make the scores from my Cubase uh, files. This is... And they looked at me going like, this girl is crazy. What are you talking about? What is electronic music? What is Cubase? What is computer? What? I mean, oh my God, yeah? And it was like, there is one person that we've heard of on his grade one, and he was Koka Nikoladze. He's a genius. Google him. Uh, uh, He lives in Norway now. There is this one person who actually has a computer and who knows like how to use it and uh, whom we've heard there is some kind of something, new technology, something is happening. Obviously, I found Koka and Koka is phenomenal. I really want you to Google him. Um, He's a professor now. Uh, uh, so Coca helped me obviously and I found amazing quartet but I still ended up doing most of the things by myself you know and there were there was no sound man and it was mission impossible well almost we did it but it was the quality was horrible obviously because there was no you know absolutely I don't know it's like being in jungle or something (laughs) and then I thought okay 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 I mean uh, we need to do something about it. So this friend of mine uh, who was in like school business uh, uh, back then, um, he gave me this space and little bit of budget and told me to do whatever kind of thing. And then I thought, oh, of course, we're going to do sound engineering courses. Of course. <laughs> and there was really the only sound man that I knew and uh, amazing sound, sound, well, sound engineer, Guaji, and he's a friend. And so, yeah, we started CS. We made studio pretty much like this, but we only had one studio and much smaller than this one. And we had 11 students and we started CS just like that with 11 students with one course. And now there, there's like... I think thousands of people all around Georgia and, and world, which are, uh, <laughs> which are more or less the CS family. Three thousand plus, definitely. How do you go about making the courses? There are some old courses, but there are some new ones. Yeah, I think we go with the time. We go. We feel what's important. What and. In our profession, you know how how it is. Like uh, every year, you might have something uh, completely. But yes, obviously, we have core courses, kind of sound engineering, Ableton Live, DJing. Some of the courses that, uh, yeah, everyone needs to know, kind of thing. Then 
Well, it was about five, six years ago that uh, we added this modular course. We were the first place with the course like that. Even now, we might be actually the only. Yeah, because Tony, you don't know him, um, Margot actually mess montage. He was into modulars. Um, uh, he used to be, actually most of our teachers that you see here are our previously our students. Um, yeah, it's pretty much serious because it was the only school uh, like using these uh, like new technologies and stuff really. Before CS, I think, I'm not saying it because I'm, I have something to do with CS. It's just the truth. Before CS, everyone was self-taught. And after CS, okay, now I don't know whether it's good or not, or and it can be better, obviously, but at least we... Uh, now uh, you can educate yourself here, yeah? If you want my opinion, it's because like if when you're self-educated, you need much more time to figure things out. Yeah, and plus it's not even that. It's it's all to do with community and like-minded people. And so, um, uh, and I communicate a lot and I always communicate with young ones, yeah? And uh, that's how I feel what, what courses we should... Uh, for example, I didn't know much at all about... And still now, I don't know much about modular, right? But uh, I felt, you know, it's important. I felt... I love the sound of it, obviously. And uh, and also when I see someone being, like, really excited and like myself, when I was start, starting CS, I believed in it so much. No one could, could even understand what I was doing, you know. My grandmother, by the way, she, she would ask me, what are you doing? What kind of school is that? I don't understand. I'm a musician. I've been a musician all my life. I don't understand what you're doing, you know. <laughs> yeah. And when I see people excited and believing in, you know, I can do it. So Tarnika came like, you know, let's buy a modular and let's do the course. And I was like, what? How much does it cost? And we're always broke, you know. You know, we're very limited because we only, we don't have any funding whatsoever. Only whatever comes with students, that's it. He was so excited. I could not even. And when I see someone so excited, they can definitely do it kind of thing, you know. So we did it. Same goes with, you know, uh, same goes with, yeah. And then, for example, with um, uh, music production courses, now we have new people. I mean, of course, Nikako and Tusha are our core, like they've been teaching more than 10 years already, this course and their songwriting courses is a mind blow, I, I think. <laughs> But we also have choice uh, of young ones also, you know. So Lua is only 22, I think, our new teacher. So we have these music production courses can be very different, you know. Yeah, well, the, the, the point you made about the community, I think, is the most important one in CS. Yeah, and then we have uh, Doa. I don't know whether you know Dancing on Architecture. It's the uh, gen, uh, CS music industry and journalists of course, graduates who have this platform. So, yes, and they started this amazing sounds of uh, musical gatherings to help Ukraine originally, and now it's the sixth one we're doing next week. Uh, we're a one big community, but inside this big community, there are a few communities also, <laughs> like modulars, which you are a big part of, and then these DOA people, and then records, and yeah. Dancing on architecture. Mm -hmm. 
it looks amazing first like it's uh, you as as soon as you see the poster you want to go there yeah yeah i don't i don't know who makes it and then uh like obviously there is a big research uh involved to, to find the music and many people are involved i guess no you know what it, it's like okay so when this full scale invasion started we obviously wanted to do something to help right And we thought, let's do something charity. Let's make an event where people pay money and we pay to Ukraine or whatever. And then Jabba came up and with, with his students. Uh, I knew so little about Ukraine myself. And I knew almost, I hardly knew any mu Ukrainian music at all, to be honest. And he was, let's do 20 hours of Ukrainian music. And what? And we are a big community of Doha. It's more than 20 of us, actually. And then uh, Jabba comes up with, uh, say, you have Kharkov, you have, you do sounds of Kharkov, sounds of Kiev, 60s, uh, or electronic music, or folk, or classical. And then he has 20 titled uh, subjects, kind of, from Ukraine. And 20 of us make a selection. So it's not one person making 20 hours of music. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a teamwork. It doesn't feel like a hard work. But when you look at it, I mean, 20 hours of music from one country, <laughs> it's not bad. And it's... All, it's um... It's amazing because sometimes it's hard to find new music. You need to know how to find it also. It might be there, but not be able to find it. Kind of. The CS Records, why, how, how did it start it and uh, why, why, why did yeah. it? Okay, first of all, um, um, I, I have a, a background of radio, working uh, in radio station and I love radio station and broadcasting and this is very special for me and for my husband also, who's the maker of Fabrica. And um, we always thought that we'd have, we, we'd have a radio station at some point of our life and when I started CS, I thought, that's it. We're probably going to have, we're going to have a CS radio or something, you know. Now David thinks, okay, we're going to have Fabrica radio or something. Yeah. Somehow this radio never happened. <laughs> But mutant, we always have mutant radio. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, uh, then we had so many amazing people coming here and these amazing homeworks and I always share the homeworks, you know that. And we had this, and Tusha and Nika, uh, through Tusha and Nika, um, I always had some mind-blow homeworks and I thought, okay, maybe not the radio station, but let's do the records, yeah, and call it a CS record, obviously, and it would be like a platform for our students. It's not strictly our students, of course, but, you know. And, um, but I was like, okay, let's do it, but, you know. And uh, Tusha and Nika, uh, about four or five years ago, I don't know, had this amazing group, very strong group, uh, with Anushka Tritze, Nazi, no, I don't want to name all of them because they're all amazing. And... It was mostly all of them were female, you know. Oh, and Tusha loves, you know. Tusha is always empowering women here. And she's a role model to, you know, most of 
female musician you find uh, in Georgia. And she said, okay, let's do the compilation of female-only artists. And I was, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yes. Um, uh, and then Sleepers Poet Scientist came. It was the compilation of nine female Georgian artists, seven of whom, well, all of us are Natalie students, including myself, because I also took her course 12 years ago, a bit. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and uh, that was our very, very first uh, release, and it's on double vinyl. And now even we have second volume of that. What is the process of running a label? Because I've asked you recently about it. You're like, oh, it's hard. I'm like, <laughs> duh, I guess it's hard. <laughs> uh, no, you know what? Uh, uh, now, the way I run it and the way many music lovers run it also, independent, small music labels, uh, it's hard because usually we don't have staff because we don't have resources. Uh, we don't have team and In my case, I do everything, and that's why it's hard, you know. Um, and it's not the only job that I have, right? And it's not even a job because it doesn't pay me anything. <laughs> and I don't only have one music label, but I have two. <laughs> um, uh, and yeah, uh, so I think it's not very healthy what I do, but I uh, enjoy doing it so much that I don't mind still, you know. So I might not be the good uh, the, the good person to ask me this question, but because I don't think it's the very natural way of how labels should be run. People who listen to music, to, who find music, you have team basically, you know, like imagine I listen to music, I choose music. Uh, most of the time, of course, I'm not a designer, but I get involved in uh, creating the design also, yeah. Uh, if we're doing a video, I'm always a runner <laughs> on the video side. Uh, oh, there are so many things. And then I run the, I don't run the distribution, but I communicate with the distribution. I communicate with the pressing plant. I communicate with shipping companies. I mean, there are so many little details and, uh, I do it on my own kind of thing. Of course, I have team in terms of artists and, you know, designers and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, that's obviously... <laughs> I'm not an artist and a designer. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I think I'm also a control freak. <laughs> that's not very healthy, I guess. The second... Is it the label? I'm not sure. The Georgian Legacy Music? Uh-huh. Georgian Music Legacy Collection is another label that I started with Jabba. We mentioned him already. He's my partner. Without him, I'd be there would be no way I could do it. And um, it's a vinyl only in print, so we operate only on vinyl. So you don't, do not distribute it online? No, or? no, oh, no, okay. no. Just vinyl. Why do limited. Well, because uh, we deal with, um, first of all, we dig into like old Georgian music legacy. Uh, at the, it gives you lots of opportunities and time travel and everything, obviously. 
But right now, because of the political situation and everything that we're in, we've decided to concentrate on music created uh, in independent Georgia times. So right now we're covering from 90s um, or late, uh, late 80s to beginning of 2000. Uh, and in fact, everything that I do uh, with the school um, has lots to do. Um, and we, we wouldn't be here if people uh, creating back then um, this like amazing, live-free music and crazy music for the time, if they went... If they didn't do it, we'd not be able to do it what we do now. So, yeah, it's... And um, young people don't even know already that music because uh, it was like during when Soviet Union collapsed, that was it, you know. We only had vinyls on Melodia, imagine. And uh, ever since Melodia collapsed, well, I think it's still running, but I mean... And there, then there was no any industry, <laughs> let alone music industry. So now um, independent labels started making their own records, right? I make record. I mean, uh, we do lots of finals and CS. But there is this huge gap of 30 years of this phenomenal music that uh, some of them are not even distributed, are not even streaming. Not some, but more than half maybe. Um, and uh, I think it's a big respect to, towards artists. Uh, and also, yeah, we collect music basically that uh, hasn't been enoughly appreciated. Yeah, I think you have an event tomorrow at Mutant. Yes, we have another release tomorrow of a phenomenal Georgian dance empire. 1992 recording. And uh, it is dancey, but it's also... Punk, it's like it's also alternative, it's also folk, it's crazy five songs basically. And most importantly, or all of four of them are going to be tomorrow at Mutant Radio, and they haven't really communicated in 30 years with each other, so it's gonna be their first meeting too. So let's see how that goes. How was life before Mutant? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yes, tell me about it. Yeah, Mutant is amazing. We basically do everything almost there, like all our events, all our um, release parties and stuff, yeah. It opened not so long ago, right? Yeah, it was 19. Right before pandemic, right before the pandemics, 19, yeah. And uh, like right now, I don't know, maybe it's just my uh, weird perception because uh, CS is... Uh, very closely related to Mutant. Yes, some people even ask me, do you work at Mutant Radio? <laughs> because I, yeah, actually, it's the second place where I spend most of my time. Uh, yeah. But I don't don't go that much at all. Unless I play, I don't really go to clubs. And I think it's a bar. I do like to drink. And they always have good music, you know. And the musical genres vary. So it's not just this kind of music or that kind of music. Very often I'd go there and I'd be really surprised, of, you know. So, yeah, if you're a music lover and if you like to drink, I think it's the place to be. <laughs> uh, about... Um, <clears throat> Drinking. <laughs> 
drinking. No, about the music genres. I thought uh, I know something uh, in music uh, before coming to Georgia. Like um, I've studied in musical school for what, like 10 years. And uh, I was a fan all the time. But then I came to Georgia. I started studying in CS. And uh, I started going to clubs and mutant. And I realized that I don't know shit, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that there there is a lot of music. Uh, there's a lot of experimental music, first of all. Mm-hmm. Like, which you cannot really define by some mm-hmm. particular genre. Or, and then... Just in every genre, you can dig so deep that like you'll find amazing pieces which no one ever heard. How do you think uh, people can start to enjoy music that they don't know? Because sometimes it's difficult. Like sometimes it's difficult to understand experimental music and noise music, and people uh, like just cannot enjoy it because they don't understand it. So, what was your what is your question exactly? How to listen and how to understand yeah. new music. Okay. I, I know exactly what you mean, actually. Um, when I was studying in London Conservatoire, obviously in Georgia there was no contemporary music whatsoever, classical, I mean. Uh, it was only very, you know, like after I think Skarabin was, everything was non, not music for, I think. Uh, and then when I... When I was studying in London, there was this boom, you know, like a contemporary music. And obviously I had lots of classmates who were like composers and uh, many Japanese actually for some reason. And uh, the, you actually, as part of your syllabus, you had to play their, their music. It was so hard for me. I mean, I could not play because, it, it, you know how they say uh, practice makes perfect, Yeah. You listen once, you don't understand. You listen twice, you don't understand. And then you get used to it a little bit, you know. Even sometimes, I don't know, because you make amazing music yourself. And don't you ever have that, that you, after you stopped, I, I mean, after you made your music already and it's online or something, SoundCloud or wherever it is, and you let it go, and then you start listening to it, and then you hear it completely different. No, you don't have that? As if it's like already something. Yeah, so... um. And then, um, you know what, first of all, you don't have to like any kind of music that you don't like, you know. You should not ever, you should never um, force yourself to get into a, experimental music, for example, or classical music. It's not a must, right? It's for your heart, it's whatever makes you feel good, yeah? It's whatever, say if you like the environment at Mutant Radio, right? And, and forget about the music, yeah? But you go there once, you go there twice, you go there for people maybe, or for the bar, or for whatever reasons you go to. And then there is always music, right? And this music is always different, always. And then you get used to music also, you know? It comes into your life, like, and without you forcing yourself to accept it, but it's just there. And then more you hear it, more you like it kind of thing, more you take it, uh, and so, yeah, I don't think you need to start somewhere or uh, you should never even say to yourself, I think I must like this or something, you know, you just do or you don't. Yeah, your music was so different. I remember first time or when I've heard it, it was completely different genre, right? And now 
I haven't heard your music in a while. I have to admit, I'm sorry, but uh, and 10 months or something where you got, it's quite phenomenal, I would say. You can always go back to that or progress that side of yourself, but you know, uh, I don't know the answer to your question. You should not force yourself to either start anywhere or make yourself like something. You will if it feels right, you know, and if you want to do it. But if you're not a listener, I can't really imagine how you can even make music, to be honest. If you don't enjoy listening, whatever you're listening to, then I can't imagine you making even whatever genre, you know? I think what amazes me and like inspires me about you the most you're the most dedicated supporter of local scene local people and i mean thank you for welcoming me into this <laughs> space <laughs> thank you for being so dedicated and uh, you know i mean when i saw you how dedicated you are and uh, you'd come here you'd book the studio and you know your like eyes would go sparkling okay entering the studio and everything that means everything you know and that's why i mean that's why we exist to have that to have your kind of students <laughs> Maybe you remember in the beginning I said that uh, this is also something I want to learn from. Uh, do you have any advice to young sound music enthusiast in, in like in, here in Georgia or like just anywhere? Mm, any advice? Uh, okay, so enthusiast can be a selector, can be a listener, can be a raver, can be a composer. <laughs> you need to be more <laughs> for like someone who makes music or... Not necessarily, that's a thing. Even meeting people, I realized that in like people can enjoy music and not necessarily need to make it. First of all, I'd be happy to take any advices from you or for anyone, any young people whatsoever or any older people or anyone not good at all at giving advices. The only advice is just to be honest and just to enjoy what you enjoy and just be very simple kind of and truthful, you know. Whatever you do, it doesn't matter whether it's music or a relationship or politics or anything you do, you just need to, um, uh, you need to be fair, honest, uh, And uh, that's it, I think. For me, it it already works if you're honest and uh, if you're like, you know, this is me kind of, <laughs> you know, the, not too much pretending, you know, and stuff. So, yeah, just be honest. And then if you love music, well, uh, music's going to love you back. So. 